Welcome to issue 17 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel, and joining me tonight is Mustafa. Hey. Hey, how are you, sir? Not bad. Fantastic. And also, of course, our beloved Steve. How's it going, Daniel? Wonderful. Wonderful night. So, uh, Lucifer, what's on your mind tonight? Steve, this, this is the very worst of wickedness, that we refuse to acknowledge the passionate evil that is in us. This makes us secret and rotten. That's D.H. Uh, Lawrence. That's a good one. That guy was rotten. That's no secret. Oh, that was a great quote. Always Not good bad. quotes. Always yeah. good, man. Always good. Yeah, thank you. I, I think I may have set a standard that I cannot ever beat again. Disagree. Uh, Disagree. Yeah. All right. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to do our part three on our hashtag claw your way through May. We're going to look at the modular set that you are suggested to play with when you play against claw, the masters of evil. Mm, I always do. So the Masters of Evil, who are they? What's their story, right? First appearing in the Avengers issue number six back in 1964. They are the largest and longest running alliance of supervillains in Marvel history. Their roster and the leader is like an ever-changing. They range from basic thugs to real super threats. So they are the bad guy equivalent of the Avengers or the X-Men. First founded by Baron Heydrich Zemo. After finding out that Captain America didn't die the first time uh, Zemo thought he killed him, Zemo, he was a pretty smart guy, and knowing he couldn't take on Captain America alone, he decides to put together a team of supervillains that already had some sort of grudge against the Avengers and Captain America. The first group of Masters of Evil include Black Knight, Radioactive Man, and Melter, two of which we'll talk about later, right? We will. We will, absolutely. Yeah. Their initial plan was to cover the streets of New York City with the Id- Adhesive X. You can learn all about Adhesive X if you go back and listen to our Baron Zemo issue 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he draws the Avengers into a trap and they do battle. But unfortunately for us, the Avengers managed to win. They do so by calling on the help of Paste Pot Pete. That 10 times fast. Okay, Paste Pot Jeez. Pete. Okay, I'm not I'm not talking about <laughs> Pace Pot Pete, real quick, he's a, he's a villain. I won't call him a super villain, but he's a villain. He's one of us. Yeah, and uh, he has this paste gun that he would shoot at people and stuff. It's really kind of silly. Seems, yeah, okay. Yeah, but so he's in jail at the time, and the Avengers go to him, and they offer him to be pardoned, and they'll release him if he can help them counter the adhesive X. And he puts together like a counter agent for this adhesive X and they, they release Pace Pop Pete because he's reformed. He's not really reformed. He goes oh. on some more, you know, some more uh, crime sprees after he gets out of prison. It's the best thing about good guys. They, they always believe that we've reformed. Yeah. That's never going to happen. But uh, you got to look up Pace Pop Pete if you have not to look at the art. He looks like a leprechaun with a, with a water gun. Yeah. It's got a yeah. pot full of paste and it shoots out his gun. Um, <laughs> it's got, like uh, this weird ascot thing. I, I mean, I don't know. I first thought you were kidding about this guy. 
No, which makes it even better than you being kidding. I have seen the I have seen the pictures, and the only thought I have is I hope to never see him on a card. <laughs> really, I, I want I want the Pacepot Pete Nemesis set. I, I want it <laughs> teamed up with the Mad Thinker, right? So, <laughs> all right. So uh, Z- Zemo barely escapes the Avengers attack. He goes off. He forms a new alliance this time with the Enchantress and the Executioner. And the two of them magically turn Thor onto their side. So Thor joins them. Yeah. Eventually, however, Thor breaks through the spell. He sends them all to another dimension. When they come back, uh, they come back by mutating uh, somebody named Simon Williams into Wonder Man. Uh, we have a Wonder Man card. He's a hero. He's a good guy minion. He doesn't start off as a good guy. He's a villain. He's one of us. They use Wonder Man to infiltrate the Avengers. He pretends to be a good guy, but he's really working for Zemo. Until eventually Wonder Man's conscience kicks in and he sacrifices himself to help save the Avengers during the next attack of the Masters of Evil. We lose him probably the worst way, right? But uh, Zemo ends up freeing Black Knight and Melter, and they try again. The Masters of Evil are defeated once more. (laughs) But in this case, this is where Captain America causes Zemo to kill himself. And with Zemo dead, the Masters of Evil break up. So that's the way like, Captain America reflects the sun into Zemo's eyes, and he shoots the gun, causes the avalanche, and buries himself. So it's all very sad. Uh, it's a tragedy. Uh, it's a tragedy. But Zemo's gone. The Masters of Evil break up. It takes a while, but eventually later, they're reformed by the Crimson Cowl, otherwise known as Ultron. He recruits Melter, Radioactive Man, Whirlwind, and Claw. This grouping is the closest that we see to the Masters of Evil that we have in the game, we're missing Tiger Shark is all. But the Masters of Evil, they're constantly doing schemes. They're constantly reforming. They're constantly inspiring other villainous groups over the years. There's dozens and dozens and dozens of members of the Masters of Evil. But we want to talk about this group of the Masters of Evil that includes our encounter set. How good can those schemes really be if they can be defeated by a leprechaun toting a water gun and reflecting the sun into somebody's eyes i mean honestly they're not really masters of evil are they they ne- they have a long way to go before they get to mastery are they I, zemo just need a good pair of sunglasses yeah i mean that should be standard issue in every villain outfit sunglasses basic it is now because of that well yeah they should have thought that <laughs> ahead of time let's talk about the side scheme that, that brings all these cats out the masters of evil side scheme the Masters of Evil have arrived to attack the heroes. Pretty basic. Okay. Brilliant poetry. <laughs> Perfect. So to speak. Yeah. Uh, when are, revealed... they, are they breaking things before they take them? <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. They're just here to attack the hero. When revealed, discard cards from the encounter deck until a Masters of Evil minion is discarded. Put that minion into play. Engage with the first player. It has an acceleration token on it. It starts with three threat per player. And it has two boost icons. Love it. Yeah, it it's plays right into what it wants to do, I think. That's exactly what it's supposed to do. And you're always going to hit one of those dudes, for the most part. Right. And so I think it's also going to discard, likely going to discard a good portion of the, the villain deck, which is always good. It's good. Right. You only have four Masters of Evil minions in your deck. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm curious if because the Masters of Evil in the in the books has so many members, if we will see additional Masters of Evils. So if you were to play with multiple encounter sets, if they would build off each other, that'd be cool. 
That would be cool. Hope that happens. Yeah, two boost icons, so that's you know pretty pretty average, and three threat per player. You know, nothing crazy there. It does have a picture of the four Masters of Evil I mentioned: Whirlwind, Radioactive Man, Melter, and Claw. It leaves Target Shark out of it. We'll see why that is later. All right, shall we talk about one of these guys? Let's let's talk about Radioactive Man, who uh, is of these of these guys. I think he's the leader. In fact, he's the only one who is elite. So let me take you back to 1963, fellas. Ben Liu, um, he's a Chinese communist agent. He's a um, physicist by trade, but he's also a, a communist agent, and he's tasked with figuring out a way to uh, take out Thor. He starts to do these uh, experiments with radiation on himself. He kind of does like, remember like in Princess Bride, Prince Wesley built up his immunity to iocane powder by taking little bits of it, right? Okay, yeah. So this guy, Lou, does the exact same thing with radiation. Sort of doses himself little by little until like he's completely juiced up and becomes radioactive man and turns green and like needs a special suit or he destroys people around him unless he wants to you know like it's, it's very interesting but what i found most compelling about his backstory is he spends an awful lot of time being sickeningly a good guy at least twice in the backstory that i read about him he sort of seems to operate on the side of good uh, it starts uh, he was in a crime fighter group called the titanic three while in vietnam he somehow got tricked into messing with the avengers and then that turned him back on the path of darkness but then later he and this could be my my favorite supervillain name he he joined a group he actually started a group called um the thunderbolts isn't that good it's good it's like an 80s band or something he starts with thunderbolts with some other ex supervillains. they even like take on norman osborne for a while eventually he goes back to bad where we know him we know him as the green bad guy on our cart he was you know really just a scientist he got jacked too much up on that green juice and he was dangerous to hang out with his superpowers are that he's green and can make people sick that's kind of cool so his superpower is being green Nice. That's a superpower. He's a green guy. Why didn't they name him Kermit? They should. There's a missed opportunity. Yeah, maybe Kermit came after. He messes you up. You around him, and not very long after, you don't feel great. I I think he might be a reflection of all the kind of nuclear fear of the Cold War. I bet. As well. Yeah, absolutely. So Radioactive Man, the card. He's elite. He's Masters of Evil. He's got one scheme, one attack, seven hit points. He's a big fella. He has a forced response when he attacks. After he attacks, you discard a card at random from your hand. I think that's meant to like speak to the kind of the way he messes with your body a little bit when he's when he's around you. And he's got a boost icon that is a special one, and it's discard a card at random from your hand. So he'll always do that to you no matter what, mm-hmm. unless, unless he schemes on you. Kind of makes you sick there, and you, you lose a little bit. You lose a little bit. Yeah. Seven health nothing to sneeze at. None of these guys I researched really had that. Here's the here's the element that I latch on to and see your humanity from. But he was a good guy every once in a while. So that's kind of cool, I suppose, if you're into that kind of thing. It's not much of a schemer or attacker, though, really, right? I mean, one in one. Oh, no, and he's not known for, like, superhuman strength and all that stuff. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, the tag makes sense. Yeah, I hate that discard, though, right? Um, <laughs> you love it. He doesn't have to damage you. He just has to attack you. So it doesn't matter if you block or someone else blocks. That's it. Attack you. You're discarding. Yeah. It's always like the one you were during your yeah. next turn around. Always. Always. <laughs> I like him. He's not going to stick around uh, kind of like those other annoying minions that that are targeted unless you're playing solo again. Let's, let's uh, put an asterisk there. Because even with seven health, once he comes out, by the time he gets to do his attack, I don't think he's gonna be around very much, unless things are already not looking great for the for the bad guys. I mean, the heroes. Maybe seven is a respectable point count, though. 
Yeah. And he yeah. could be guarded in the uh, Glow Encounters rules. He could be if there's a guard yeah. out. All right, who's next? I got Whirlwind. Na- real name, David Cannon. Uh, was born a mutant, and at an early age, he showed his inclinations because he used his powers to steal food and bully other children. Pretty standard stuff. <laughs> he has uh, super speed. We'll, we'll learn about how that kind of ties into his name. He uh, he was a figure skater. That also ties into his name. And uh, But he also was a criminal while he was a figure skater. Uh, and his name was The Human Top. Because, you know, he spins. Get it? Totally get it. Yeah. And so eventually he's caught by Hank Pym and the Wasp and became their persistent nemesis because they are the first ones to catch him. Of course, like any good villain, you can't keep a good villain down. He is in and out of prison. He escapes. He goes back in. Well, so you're going to beat him up again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you make a super speedy spinning human top, you want to use them in more than one issue. (laughs) Uh, but I, I think his his uh, kind of most meaningful to me uh, part in this story is when he went incognito as Janet Van Dyne's chauffeur. Now, I don't know who Janet Van Dyne is. I'm sure fans do. Uh, the but, Wasp. Oh, that's the Wasp? She's the Wasp, yep, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. So they, they didn't recognize him, I guess. Uh, and they took him on as a chauffeur. And so he spies on the Avengers for a long time. Uh, he even gets access into the Avengers Mansion garage and then breaks into the mansion. And you can't really make this stuff up except somebody did. Traps Pym and the Wasp inside an ant colony that they're studying and then plants a time bomb. Okay, I have many questions about that. Why not? <laughs> Why not just step on the ant colony? I mean, or spin around it. And anyway, they managed to escape, warn the Avengers about the bomb, and they catch him again. He also, while he's posing as the chauffeur, develops a thing for Janet, but she keeps rebutting him. And that makes him fixate on her. Uh, so it makes him even more of a nemesis. And so there is this kind of tragic story. There isn't much of a human element except for the fact that he's kind of got this unrequited love for some woman he can't ever have. His abilities are, uh, as we said, superhuman agility, reflexes. He has a full body armor, which you can see in the artwork with a really comical top. <laughs> I mean, I meant conical <laughs> And then, of course, that allows him to spin. And he spins at subsonic speeds, which focuses air currents into a, wait for it, whirlwind. I get it. Also, no, wait, uh, wait a second, wait a second. Yes. I can spin at subsonic speeds. You can. I can. Yes. Well, that's what the Wikipedia <laughs> said. So we're not going to question the wisdom of the Wikipedia. I think by subsonic. supersonic? You know what? Maybe I didn't read it well. I hope so. I, I mean. <laughs> Subsonic I understand like, what subsonic. I mean, I can spin. All right, you're gonna make me go through my history. Maybe. I don't um, know. <laughs> and, Maybe not. Uh, let's see if it says subsonic or supersonic. I'm gonna, you know, you can cut this pause, and I'm gonna get back to you. Um, I might the spin at subsonic speeds. That's what the Wikipedia says. Subsonic okay. below subsonic. the speed of sound, but maybe like. Close enough? Who knows? Interesting. I you you have to be a fan, I guess, uh, to okay. know what that means. Okay. Can I decide the definition? Yeah. yeah. Relating to or flying at a speed or speeds less than that of sound. Yeah. Okay. Which is most things. So Steve, you're totally right. You can you too spin at subsonic speed. I'm a super villain. You can call me whirlwind. 
<laughs> but can you shape air into a whirlwind? Anyway, no. I think that means fast enough to, um, but not quite at the speed. Oh, who knows? You, you still got Sonic in your yes. yeah speed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, keep going. Keep All going. right. So one last human interest item. His hobby <laughs> is stealing valuable items. He's oh. a connoisseur. He will not steal non-valuable stuff. He'll only steal valuable stuff. That's no uh, rhino. That's no rhino. He's no rhino. He is whirlwind. Yeah, so. breaking that stuff before he's taking it, right? Uh, he's just as long as it's valuable. Um, the value. If you broke so it. as a card, <laughs> he is he's slightly uh, lower in stats than radioactive man. He is not elite. He's got a one scheme to attack, and his attack also does stuff, which I feel is uh, unique to him because it says forced interrupt when whirlwind attacks you also resolve his attack against each other hero i mean i guess that's thematic he's whirlwinding it uh, i don't know why he doesn't attack allies just heroes but be too it's, much. A, it's like an area of effect attack which i can't remember seeing in other cards but maybe it exists and his boost is also kind of along those lines special effect deal one damage to each hero he has six life not yeah, bad. He's, he's a good villain uh, minion, I think, because when he comes out, everybody takes damage. I mean, assuming they're not alter ego uh, from the boost effect. But if he attacks you for two, and then he gets to do that to everybody else at the table if they're in hero mode, that's pretty nice. He had four players all in hero mode. It's it's very nice. However, I've seen Whirlwind a lot in the games I've played. I don't think I've ever seen this attack go off. Because people kill him before he can do that. A big old target on his forehead yeah. for that. Huge target, yeah. Great. Never, I've never seen him attack except in solo, where it doesn't matter anyway. But I love that ability, and yeah. it's like read it, and you're like, oh, that's so sweet. But like reality, yeah, just too bad. No, I agree. But anyway, it's 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 not a badly designed card. It, there, there's really nothing to find fault with here. He has a unique unique ability um, that kind of goes along with the description of his superpower. What's next? All right, so we've got Melter next. Uh, Bruno Horgan. Bruno's interesting. He's making weapons and munitions for the U.S. government, like as a contractor so he's just a regular citizen then he ends up losing his contract when he fails to meet safety standards and for using cheap materials safety standards that's not for villains he gets shot down by osha <laughs> <laughs> all of his contracts end up going to tony stark oh you're kidding nope that's just right there already upsets him but as his factories are being like disassembled and taken down he notices he has this radar device that he was making that's malfunctioning and melting all the nearby iron components that comes in handy yeah so he snatches it he takes it he analyzes it he ends up redesigning it so that he can wear it on his chest and shoot like a beam out of it at things and he goes on a rampage against tony stark because stark stole all his contracts right so he's, oh. he could shoot this iron melting beam out of his chest at Iron Man, uh, which causes Tony Stark to go and redesign his suit to be made out of aluminum since his iron is at risk. He causes Stark to like make a change, which is kind of interesting, right? He, he actually has some good effects. Uh, Stark defeats Melter in the end, and then Zemo comes and recruits Melter to join the Masters of Evil. Mm -hmm. And we learn they, they, you know, they fight the Avengers a bunch of times. Uh, he joins with the Masters of Evil under Ultron as well. And he goes through a whole bunch of different groups, a lot of different versions of his melting device. He keeps upgrading it and changing it. He makes it like a backpack. He makes it pistols because he finds that the, the beam out of the chest is too hard to control. So now he's got like 
guns that are attached to a, a backpack thing. He upgrades it so it can melt not just iron, but any metal. It can melt flesh, wood, stone. He ends up being at large a very long time, uh, but he ends up becoming the laughing stock of other villains because he just, like, we always joke the villains get defeated a lot. He gets defeated a lot, a lot, a lot, to the point where the other villains are just laughing at him. But he's very persistent in seeking his vengeance, and he plans a final attack on Iron Man. He teams up with the assassin Scourge from Asgard, who then turns on him, murders Melter, crushes his beam weapon, and that's the end of Melter. <laughs> He's done. Oh, Yeah. I'm a little sad for him. All that persistence, all that effort, and he still didn't get to see his day. Yeah, kind of a joke from the beginning. But let's take a look at his card. Melter, he's a unique minion with one scheme, three attack, five hit points, Masters of Evil traded, and he has the special attack icon, the Engaged player must defend against melter's attack with an ally they control if able and he has a special boost icon that says exhaust each ally you control so he's focused on your allies i don't get how that connects to the theme if he's always after iron man but yeah that one's a little little miss for me as well now the picture has him with his upgraded melter beams and stuff like that he doesn't have the chest chest beam i don't i don't get the exhausting thing but me either i mean his five hit points the guy really does show up and gets beat up and he's the guy that you uh drag out whenever you have to choose one of these people it's like all right go get melter Yeah, I guess what's happening is the heroes don't want their flesh melted off their bones, so they take their buddy and say, "Hey, you go deal with Melter. You go get, get up Melter. There. Yeah, you you go let him shoot his beams at you. You go defend for me because I don't want to get my stuff melted, my shiny suit and my nice hammer and things like that." So yeah, I get that. I think it's a failing of the heroes. Hmm. I'm not drawn to this guy very much. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for him a little bit. Stark takes his job and stuff like that but then yeah. no i feel really bad for him he, he uh, all he wanted was uh was to get some revenge on tony stark and he could and who doesn't want that yeah that guy's a jerk for that yeah <laughs> all right so let's talk about something more exciting this is exciting so look, comic books a lot of these origin stories are ridiculous there's pure madness in this stuff right tiger shark yeah. is awesome in the ridiculousness that is his backstory todd arliss is our name right there todd I just, that, that name kind of, I don't know, something about the name Todd. That This guy's perfect. He's a perfect Todd. He's an Olympic swimmer. He had just set up this, like, publicity stunt to save someone from drowning, right? He's He was a selfish swimmer or whatever and didn't like that that was his rep or whatever. So he stages this drowning, saves the guy, but ends up, like, with this horrible spinal cord injury during this moment, right? He agrees to some weird stuff from my favorite new doctor, Dr. Dorcas, who... <laughs> <laughs> can't make this up <laughs> like he fuses fuses todd's dna out of a tiger shark and this character called namor the submariner who is like a leader of atlantis mm-hmm. he's a little messed up with this shark dna inside him and like he gets kind of all villainy because like he's he's got like the predatory nature of the shark now and he's all focused on hunting and death and all that kind of stuff from what i researched he he basically gets into scrapes with almost every superhero that's ever been and if if there's any way a nautical like something something in the story he is there like everyone else he ends up imprisoned all the time he was even once the temporary king of atlantis before they jailed him there as well. Nice. Um, 
Yeah, he's been in a lots of jails. All right. As I said, he, he was an Olympic swimmer before becoming one of our heroes. So I like that, Moosey, because it goes with um, the whirlwinds figure skating. Yeah. Athlete yeah. thing. I like that. But, like, the gains from Dr. Dorcas are kind of like, in a weird way, lame. Like, if you get him out of water, he kind of sucks. And he needs a special suit that has like this water circulation thing so he can remain strong. He he does, however, have adamantine teeth. So that's of cool. Of course. Yeah, excellent. You know, looking for that, how do I sympathize and see myself in part of the story? I got nothing for you. He's, from what I can tell, he's a pretty big... Oh, he's a reprehensible guy. He was a jerk before being a supervillain, and turning into Tiger Shark did not help that. So I'll take you to his card. Let's look at his card. Tiger Shark, he's a minion, a master's of evil. One scheme, free attack with a little special, and that special is, after he attacks, you give him a tough status card, okay? And then his boost right. is, give the villain a tough status card. Now, thematically, I see no reason why that would happen. And I guess the tough card on him makes a lot of sense because he's tenacious. Yeah. And he just sort of keeps coming at you. He's like, won't stop. Blood in the water. Oh, I get that. Um, I think he's pretty run-of-the-mill. Uh, I don't mind points. seeing him. I mean, a while to knock down, but couple hits yeah three attack is not bad no that's i mean that's pretty high for an attack and then after he's gonna attack you he gets tough so you, you do want to take him out quickly if you're the heroes can he like breathe underwater he must be able to. he's got gills and everything okay his gills and everything you see him coming nobody shouts we're gonna need a bigger boat that sort nope. of thing no nope. <laughs> not, not really oh so, one thing i like about all of these cards together i like that there are um structural commonalities between them like they all have the special attack they all have a boost special boost that does something kind of similar to their their forced response or interrupt or attack yeah so i like that i like that that. there's a a cohesive quality to these four guys yeah except for tiger shark all their stats add up to nine he he goes to 10 one goes to 10 yeah didn't notice that i wonder why that is just notice it is, now. and it's even kind of more than that if he gets his tough card on him right yeah is there a card that we prefer over the others as villains me it's radioactive man yeah i think i think radioactive man whirlwinds as a boost isn't bad yeah i mean melter's exhausting your allies so if you were planning to block with them or just use them the following turn that kind of uh, can be a somewhat of a tempo hit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i wish there was a way that we could keep our minions in the game longer three and four player game they stick around in solo but they're not quite as fun yeah even in a two-player game they don't really last very long but no, yeah. no they get they get folks out i guess ultimately maybe their job is just simply the time for the villain yeah they are they're kind bump. of a resource vacuum yeah speed bump but we have one final card here to cap it all off moose swan to read it for us all right so this is uh the masters of mayhem it's a treachery and there's two of those in the set and the last card of the set says when revealed each masters of evil minion attacks the hero it is engaged with if no attacks were made this way search the encounter deck and discard pile for a masters of evil minion and put it into play engage with you then shuffle the encounter deck to boost icon the last part just reads if no attacks were made search the encounter deck and discard pile for melter right yep he'll be in the discard pile <laughs> <laughs> You know, this is this is probably the best card in this deck, especially if one or more of these guys are out because it's a it's an attack that they weren't expecting. Most of these guys other than radioactive men have respectable attacks and it'll bring out one of the one of the guys for sure and deplete the deck. So here's my dream scenario and I hope it happens someday. Four player game. It's like the encounter card draw step. Three people draw a Masters of Evil. The fourth person draws this. Could you imagine? That's great. That's mayhem right there. Yep. That would yeah. be the greatest thing. That's actually could see Melter and Radioactive Man actually get off their attacks. Things um, would happen. 
Oh god, that'd be yeah. so fun. They don't attack if you're an alter ego, so you could end up having to go fetch some, even if you had some out. I think could be fun. It's cool too. Well, I like the set. What do you think? It's again, it's a kind of solid addition to a solid villain. They go with Claw, and yep. uh, they complement Claw in a in a kind of nice way i like the little touches that make them different like each one has a special different ability some are slightly better than others but none of them are terrible none of them are super good yeah claw drawing double boost cards a turn means you got a good chance of tripping one of their special boost icons Mm -hmm. and several of claws uh schemes Say discard till you get a villain. A minion. Or a minion. Yep. These guys are going to come up. Between their side scheme and claw side schemes, these guys are going to be coming up over and over and over again. I I just like minions. I like having them around all over the place. Yeah. Well, that's our part three on our hashtag claw your way through May. All right, Steve, tell everybody how they can find us. You can find us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. You can find us at Critical Encounters on Facebook. On Discord, we are Vardan, Big Foam Loaf, and The Truth. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Mustafa, take us out. Boom. It's blood in the water. Boom. Time for me to have some fun. Boom. 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 Boom.